Welcome to Sacred Spaces, Design Psychology 101, a podcast series by award-winning author, trainer, speaker, certified design psychology coach, certified interior environment coach, and certified feng shui consultant and yoga teacher, Sherry Burton Stein. This new series will help you reprogram your energy, transform your interior space, and reset your life. Let's get started. Welcome again to this podcast, and I'm Sherry Burton-Stein, formerly Sherry Burton-Ways, and this podcast topic will be on seasonal affective disorder. And we have some guests with us today from Nurturing You Wellness Center in Toronto, Canada. And it is a wellness center that's really about holistic wellness coaching. And it is owned and operated by two outstanding women who you're going to hear from today who really came to their business from their own personal wellness journeys. The co-founder is Carrie Roos and Jenna Gallagher. They're going to give some perspectives as wellness coaches and social services professionals about their perspectives on seasonal affective disorder and what they have encountered working with their own clients around this issue. So without further ado, I do want to say that their business, Nurturing You Wellness Center, is a wellness practice that has a mission to empower and inspire women who are survivors of domestic violence or sexual assault. And they create a safe online community where you can unite together and stand tall and where your story truly begins. Both Jenna and Carrie all know too well about the struggles that women face on a daily basis on understanding and nurturing themselves in becoming more empowered individuals. So Nurturing You Wellness Center provides online services to help women in the following areas, whether it's wellness coaching, energy work, aroma touch with Reiki, restorative yoga, support groups, and they have a lot of great upcoming events. Their website is nurturinguwc.com. So let's invite our guests on. I am so excited to have both of you discussing the issues around the topic of seasonal affective disorder. My podcast really focuses mostly on women and with them being able to create interior environments and wellness lifestyles to support them through any kind of wellness issue. And I thought it was just going to be really good to just define a little bit of what seasonal affective disorder is 
and just giving some background about it from the wellness perspective. But before I do that, I just wanted to ask you a few questions about your business and how you assist individuals. So tell me a little bit about the work you do and how you do affect and work with women. Nurturing You Wellness Center is a virtual wellness center for women and non-binary people. We offer life coaching, holistic healing, holistic nutrition, and spiritual healing in many different ways through Reiki, aroma touch, massage, and intuition building are just some of the ways that we do work with that spiritual piece. We host online monthly events, and we also have a private Facebook support group for women and non-binary survivors of sexual assault and domestic violence. Awesome. Tell me about the work you do around seasonal affective disorder. And I think maybe we should define it. How do you Jenna, define seasonal affective disorder. Seasonal affective disorder is basically defined as a type of depression that can occur during each season. Primarily, though, it is the fall and winter seasons that the majority of the population is affected. And does it affect women more than men or Do you have a sense of that? Research says that women struggle with depression more. I'm not fully engulfed in the whole aspect of the research behind that. But from what I've understood of it, women are more susceptible to being affected by it. Yes. Okay. So how does anyone know whether or not they have it? For example, my mom, I grew up in upstate New York. And upstate New York is a little bit like the West Coast where Washington State, Seattle, that area, right? Where you don't get a lot of sunshine throughout the year. And in upstate New York, you have very, very short summers, long winters. My mom was born and raised in the South. And when we moved up there, I noticed that her moods would really change after Christmas, especially into the spring and then she'd get better again. And I was naive. I didn't know what it was, but I started to kind of connect the dots with that because with the shorter days came the winters and the snow and so forth. How can someone figure out if their loved one has it or if they have it themselves? It can actually be rather difficult to determine if a person is actually suffering from traditional depression or seasonal affective disorder. Mm -hmm. So it is something that if you feel like you are struggling with it and you feel like things are out of balance in your body, we always recommend you speak with your healthcare professional. But just like you had said, the researchers have actually found a really big connection with light exposure, which primarily affects our vitamin D because we need that good sunshine to make vitamin D in our body. So when we have a lack of the sunshine exposure, and not to mention when we are in the winter, the sun is further away. So we're not getting as much exposure. Plus, we're covered up and we're bundled up if we are outside. So a lot of our skin isn't exposed to the sun when we're out there. So there's a lot of symptoms that kind of go along with the seasonal affective disorder. So something that 
if you are experiencing this or a loved one is experiencing some of these things, it could be all of these things. It could be a couple of these things. The depressed state is the biggest one. It's most of the day, almost every day. Things like losing interest in activities that you would primarily really enjoy doing. Having that low energy and having problems sleeping is another huge thing that people struggle with when they're struggling with depression or seasonal affective disorder. Experiences in the appetite or in weight, either weight loss or weight gain, which can also bring on a whole slew of different symptoms as well. So you can feel like sluggish or agitated, feeling difficult concentrating on things. And then there's the whole mood imbalance too. So you can have the feelings of like, I'm hopeless or I'm not worthy and guilt. There's a lot of different imbalances there. Got it. So you mentioned vitamin D. Can one actually take vitamin D to help them overcome it as a supplement? Yes. Just broadly speaking, you can take vitamin D supplements. It's something that, because of the fact that I wouldn't know every listener to this, what their whole profile looks like for their health level. So always definitely talk to a healthcare practitioner. But if you were to supplement with vitamin D, follow the guidelines either on the supplement or whatever your practitioner has recommended. But if you were to supplement, I would highly recommend supplementing with a liquid vitamin D or a, what we call sublingual, which you would put under your tongue because it's super quickly absorbed when you put it under your tongue and it's easier okay. to break down. So if you are going to supplement, those are two really good ways to supplement with vitamin D. Oh, wow. Because my doctor has told me that I need more vitamin D and I took the traditional vitamins, but I think the liquid or dissolving would probably work out better for me. So thanks for the tip. So what do you guys do? Do you have people that come in that you have kind of looked at that may be having experiences around seasonal effectiveness disorder? And you mentioned aromatouch and some of the other therapies. And I know that you guys are introducing restorative yoga. Have you looked at how some of these modalities or these types of activities can help a person who may be suffering from seasonal effectiveness? I don't know why I say effectiveness. It's effective, right? (laughs) Disorder. We do see a lot of people come in with issues with vitamin D or mood imbalances or seasonal affective disorder for sure. On a nutritional level, we would definitely focus on getting those people on a whole natural live diet and really bumping up the vitamin D rich food in their diet. And yeah, definitely about the gentle movement therapy is something that we definitely promote on the nutritional level, but I'll let Carrie touch on everything else that we do with that. Definitely, we do talk about restorative yoga as a practice to help with mindfulness and stress. We also offer meditations every Monday so that people can start practicing that mindfulness and getting in touch and in tune with their bodies because that's important too, to be present and to be aware because sometimes we don't realize that we're slipping into those depressive things either. It Mm -hmm. just kind of happens. So 
sometimes by having a mindful practice, it helps us to recognize some of the signs. Oh, you know what? I'm noticing this, this, and this about myself right now. Wonder what's going on and either trying to make some changes or speaking to their healthcare professional regarding that. As a life coach, I work with reframing mindsets because it does help us. It's very impactful and it does help us refocus and change narratives regarding maybe some of those feelings of hopelessness and worthlessness and guilt. It can also help with potentially looking at some of the changes that we're experiencing with lost interest in different activities in incorporating those kind of things back into somebody's life and ways of doing that. So one of the things that just as an example for reframing your mindset is if somebody's kind of feeling worthless or having some self-limiting beliefs, you may just ask them, who told you that? Who said that to you? Because mm-hmm. they may be saying it to themselves. Mm-hmm. It may not be something that they've heard before, but they may be saying it to themselves. And it just right. stops that pattern and gets them to look at it in a different way. Got it. And we also create opportunities to find and celebrate wins. So if they are struggling and sometimes taking a shower in a day can be a victory. It's celebrating what some people might think is small things. They're not small, they're huge, especially when you're in the midst of one of these, of living with depression, whether it's seasonal or full on, right? So it's finding those ways that we can embrace and celebrate and go, you know, look, I showered yesterday. I also was just thinking here in the United States, and I'm sure as well as Canada and around the world, we're fighting COVID-19 right now. And here in the States, the incidences are going up, even though a vaccine is on its way. And I know that particularly this winter, people are going to be buckling down, not socializing as much. A lot of things are shutting down. So people are going to be in their homes and they're going to be quarantined or what have you, working from home and so forth. And I am concerned with the winter months, how things are going to be and if we're going to have more instances of people having this disorder. I was just curious to know what you guys think about how COVID is going to play a role in this, particularly this fall and winter. For sure, the research has said that mental health has been impacted with COVID starting from March, at least here in Canada. I'm sure it's in the U.S. as well. And some of the things that Jen and I have talked about, like the restorative yoga, getting out and exercising every day, it does help. It might only be a five-minute walk, but it can change your mindset. It gets you out of staring at the same four walls all the time. Because sometimes that does impact, right? Mm-hmm. I agree wholeheartedly. And if you can connect, I, I know that people are not able to necessarily meet up with everybody and see everybody. And I know a lot of people are experiencing like technology fatigue. But if you can connect with somebody on Zoom or some other way, it does help. And it's a little more effective than sometimes texting or calling somebody because you're seeing somebody, you're interacting with them. Right. Not that calling and texting aren't effective because they can truly be a connector as well. It's just if you're alone, maybe you're single or something, that can be a challenge. Or if you're a single parent, 
and you're only with your kids all day, <laughs> you might need that other adult yeah. interaction in some way. Well, thank you so much for participating in my podcast. And you guys are my first guests in this podcast. We started two years ago and it was just me talking. And now I wanted to make it more interactive and bring in different people to speak on different topics. I just had one or two last questions. The first, is there any other tips or any other information that you think our audience may want to consider as we get into the winter months and the winter solstice? Well, one of the things is for family and friends, if you are a loved one and not the one that's maybe living with it, is just let the other person know that you're there for them. Support their efforts to get help. Whether you agree with that method or not, keep the support going. Be mindful of what you're saying and how it's being said because it can just impact. Ask them what helps and take care of yourself as well because self-care is so important. Living with somebody who has mental health, seasonally or not, it can be a drain on our systems as well. So making sure that you're taking care of yourself. Great tips. We just wanted to say that we're hosting Rejuvenating Yourself Winter Solstice on December 21st at 8 o'clock. And we're utilizing restorative yoga with meditation so everybody can have a chance to try and get into mindfulness, especially as the holidays are here. And it's a family-friendly event. Okay. So how can our listeners get in touch with you? Can you give us your website, Instagram handle, all that good stuff? So our website, basically everything, all of our platforms are going to be the same as our website. So it's just nurturing you and then WC. So it's all just one continual word there. So nurturing you, WC.com is our website. And that is also our handle on Instagram and Facebook and all of the different social medias. Okay. And if individuals here in the United States or around the world would like to work with you all? Do you accept individuals from other places outside of Canada? Yeah, absolutely. So that was one of the big things of Carrie and I, like when we dove into this business is that we know how this impacts everybody worldwide, not just locally. And we just saw how much in the community our supports were needed. So just imagine what it is nationwide. So we moved to virtual so that we are able to help anybody worldwide. And we can, when you're booking an appointment online, you have the option to book in person if you are local, but you also have that option of booking virtually. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you, ladies. I really appreciate it. And we look forward to following you. And if folks want to participate in your winter solstice of celebration, feel free to get on their website so that they can do that. And I'll provide that information on the show notes as well. So thank you all for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you all for... All right. And you have a wonderful afternoon, okay? You as well. Thanks. You too. So it was great to get a background on what seasonal affective disorder is about. And now I thought I would just spend a little bit of time giving you some interior decor ideas 
as your interior environment coach to help you with understanding how you can use decorating techniques to help with seasonal affective disorder. So the first suggestion I'm going to say is get creative with color. Research has shown that warm and glowing colors like oranges, yellows, and golds have a positive effect on mood. So a golden glow in your interior can provide a nice, sunny, warm feel in the middle of the fall and winter. But be careful of too much bright white. With our outdoors during this time of year being often gray and white, you don't want to bring in a lot of glaring whites and grays and blues because they're considered very cool and quiet colors and they tend to just kind of blend into the outside landscape. So instead, give your eyes something warm to enjoy indoors. So that would be my first recommendation. My second would be using the right lighting. So a lot of times, even if we have warm hues of color, if we don't have the right lighting, it can create a very dark space. So we want to really make sure that you use LED lighting, and they could be track lighting, spotlights, lamps, just to create additional ambiance in the space. So simply swapping dim bulbs for lighter bulbs can create an instant mood elevation. LED lighting has the capacity to create a pleasant, sunny home environment with advantages that look like incandescent light and provides a warm glow that gives off a feeling of warmth and comfort. And last, I would say, is create fragrances, more floral fragrances or scents using essential oils, and accessorize with bright throw cushions and rugs with spring and summer patterns and themes. And these will also elevate your spirits as well. So creating a well-lit bathroom, breakfast area, kitchen will also assist you in creating that brighter, more warm in your interior space. So hopefully those will help you think about your interior space and how you can uplift it with some simple decor ideas. I hope this podcast has been helpful for you or someone you love that may be dealing with seasonal affective disorder. If you have any questions and you want to chat or get more ideas for decorating, feel free to contact me. I would love to hear from you. Until then, stay well, and I'll talk to you soon.